everybody! Welcome to A Survivor's Guide to Hell. I'm PJ Aubrey, here to walk you through this pessimist-friendly guide to finding the silver lining. Each week, we'll challenge you to take a closer look at the bright side of an unpleasant topic. Thank you so much for listening! Today, our unpleasant topic is... Boredom. When it comes to boredom, we're here to help you make it through. Or are we? Without further ado, why boredom can be good for you, and how to escape it when it's not. Boredom is powerful. Boredom can be enough to persuade a person to quit their job and look for a different career. Boredom can determine the fate of a romantic relationship. Boredom spells death for movies, books, TV shows, advertisements, and countless other communications. Boredom may be a quiet thing, something you don't even think about until it's upon you, but boredom is an incredible driving force that often moves people without them even noticing. How many folks have avoided some of life's paths for the simple reason that those paths seemed boring? How many passions have been discovered, families have been started, or terrible addictions have been born, all driven by that dull, heavy bite of boredom? I'd wager that the answer is a lot of them. I remember boredom being particularly poignant when I was a kid. Being bored felt like the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. This would probably explain why so many kids are punished by being grounded. Sure, it stinks to be isolated from your friends, and to lose your phone, your TV, or anything else your parents might take away. But the real punisher isn't losing your pastimes, it's being bored in the meantime. If you Google search boredom, it actually comes up in the sidebar as a medical issue, just like it would if you Googled flu or depression. Google describes boredom as the state of feeling disinterested in one's surroundings, having nothing to do, or feeling that life is dull. Have you noticed the portion of a Google search page that says, people also ask? The first frequently asked question is, can a person die of boredom? But this is a survivor's guide to hell. You may already know what I'm about to say. Boredom isn't all bad. In fact, it's some good. Scientists must have sensed the power of boredom, judging by the surprising amount of research on the topic. Turns out there's a lot about boredom to be grateful for. In today's podcast, we'll be covering why boredom can be so good for you. But believe me, on the heels of a massive quarantine, you and I both know that there is such a thing as too much boredom, and the research agrees with us. To polish off today's production, we'll be offering five inexpensive ideas for things you can do the next time you're too bored to go on. Act 1. Why boredom can be good for you. For part one of this podcast, we're introducing a new guest, Veritasium. The Veritasium YouTube channel has over 8 million subscribers and won the Streamy Award for Science Education in 2017. Its producer, Dr. Derek Muller, was kind enough to allow us to use some of his audio today. Without further ado, why boredom is good for you. In a recent study, participants were placed in a room for between 6 and 15 minutes. They were given nothing except a button that they knew would shock them if they pressed it. They were asked to entertain themselves with their thoughts, but they could self-administer the shock if they so chose. So what happened? 
Well, 25% of women and 67% of men shocked themselves. This is despite the fact that they had previously told the experimenters that they would pay money to avoid the shock. Apparently, they'd rather experience physical pain than just be bored, to have nothing to keep them occupied but their thoughts. But they are not alone. Around 95% of American adults report participating in some leisure activities over the past 24 hours. But only 17% say they spent any time at all just relaxing and thinking. Because that, apparently, is boring. And being bored is unpleasant. So what is boredom? Well, contrary to popular belief, it's not when you have absolutely nothing to do. It's just when none of the options you have available to you appeal to you. Boredom is characterized by a lack of concentration, restlessness, but also feeling lethargic. It's really a state of being underwhelmed. And there are now more ways than ever to avoid boredom. With Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, sitting in a coffee shop, stopped at a traffic light, many people reach for their phones to stave off boredom. And nowhere is sacred. Do you ever just let yourself be bored? No. No, I generally don't. But are we losing anything by avoiding boredom? Well, scientific research says yes. And what we're losing is important. When you're bored, your mind wanders. That's only natural. The state of boredom is one where your attention is not focused on anything in particular. Researchers have shown this mind-wandering is useful for creativity. They gave study participants a random boring task. The most boring one? Reading the phone book. Then they asked participants to be creative, generate as many ideas as they could for what you could do with a plastic cup. Those in the most boring read the phone book condition generated the most creative solutions compared to less bored controls. A major reason many researchers suspect that we experience boredom is because it gives you an indicator of your current state. I mean, if you find yourself feeling bored, you know something about that situation isn't working for you. Let me ask you this. When you're in class and you're a bit bored, do you ever just pull out your phone and have a look at stuff? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So the paradox of boredom is that it makes you feel tired, sluggish, and just disinterested but it may actually spur you to action. It may get you to make changes that would be positive for your life. In the absence of boredom, one would remain trapped in unfulfilling situations and miss out on many emotionally, cognitively, and socially rewarding experiences. Boredom is both a warning that we're not doing what we want to be doing and a push that motivates us to switch goals and projects. Studies have also shown that boredom may make you more altruistic. Perhaps the acute sense of aimlessness you experience when you're bored gets out of control and makes you question what you're doing with your life as a whole. But the silver lining is that it may trigger you to think about others and what you can do to help them. And that provides an immediate and concrete purpose to a life that might momentarily feel like it's lacking one. You know, studies designed to induce boredom have shown that more bored participants are more likely to donate to charity or to give blood. Can I ask what led you to donate blood today? Um, I had free time on my hands, you know, just waiting for two hours, an hour and a half or so. So apparently the opportunity to do meaningful, even if unpleasant activities, have more value 
if you're bored than if you're not. Similarly, this aimless state seems to cultivate thoughts about what you want to do with your life. To think of your life as a story and consider where you want it to go in the future. This is called autobiographical planning. When given tasks that only use a fraction of mental capacity, study participants frequently thought of the future and their plans for it. In this way, being bored is essential for goal setting. If your brain is always consumed with other stimuli, you'll rarely ponder the bigger picture and set long-term goals for yourself and consider how to achieve them. Does the phone get rid of your boredom? Yeah, actually, thinking about it, it does. So every time you're waiting for something, you have a decision to make, which seems like a tiny one. Pull out your phone for a few seconds or minutes, or just be bored. Experience only your thoughts. It seems like an insignificant decision, and if you don't give it much thought, the obvious action is to see what's new on your app of choice. And in making that decision, you are alleviating a moment of boredom but you are also likely making yourself less creative, less altruistic, less likely to assess your current state, and less likely to set goals for your future. In short, you are the real-world example of someone shocking themselves to avoid the unpleasantness of boredom. Except in your case, the pain goes much deeper to the very nature of who you are and who you will become. So think carefully before pressing that button. Act 2. Five inexpensive things you can do when you're insanely bored. As I mentioned in the introduction, there is such a thing as too much boredom. Having dull moments is not likely to be harmful, but enough prolonged boredom, and you could find yourself with bigger problems than a slack jaw and droopy eyelids. Boredom is a top predictor of addiction relapse. In the same vein, excessive boredom is correlated with underage drinking and smoking, as well as teenage consumption of illegal drugs. Adults can suffer from too much boredom as well, including increased risk of depression and anxiety, and a decreased sense of life satisfaction. In fact, boredom even has a way of making people into bad drivers. We don't want that for you. We've composed a brief list of things to do when you're bored. Some things could keep you occupied for weeks, even years. Others can help you pass the time with friends for just one night. If you feel like you're so bored that your brain has started to melt out of your ears, there's probably something here that's just your style. Without further ado, here are five inexpensive things to keep you occupied when you're too bored to go on. 1. Big Store Bingo Big Store Bingo is great for a date, a family outing, or even just burning time with a friend. The name speaks for itself. You select a large store, the bigger the better, like Ikea, Cabela's, RC Willy, etc., and design your own bingo card that matches the theme of the store. For example, an Ikea bingo card might have a block that features a flowered blanket, a lamp with an animal on it, or a picture of a monument. A Cabela's bingo card might feature a taxidermied rabbit, a pink handgun, a fishing manual, etc. Designing the bingo card is half the fun. We recommend having five rows and five columns on it, with a themed object in each square. Once you're finished, you and your companions are ready to head off to the store and mosey around the aisles, crossing off bingo squares when you find the items on your card. You're likely to see a lot of fun things you may not have noticed before. And just like in regular bingo, the first person to fill out an entire row or column wins. The prize could be anything. 
maybe a small budget to spend in the store, the first pick of restaurant on the way home, or simply a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. If you like the Big Store Bingo game, you can always expand your play to parks, libraries, museums, etc. Number two, try a new language. Learning a language has become easier than ever. Don't get me wrong, learning to speak in the tongue of a faraway place takes some hard work and commitment, but modern language learning programs have made it possible for almost anyone with any budget to get started with learning a language. And thanks to a plethora of language research, these learning programs have become surprisingly effective. My favorite free program is Duolingo, which has the most important language learning features at no cost, and some pretty sweet stuff for those that want to pay a little extra. My husband prefers Rosetta Stone. It comes at a prettier penny, but has plenty of die-hard fans who swear by it. There are lots of other reputable programs, like Babbel and Busu. I'm not throwing out brand names to get paid. Believe me, I wish I could. I'm naming these programs because anyone with a phone or computer can use them to learn another language. This means if you're bored because of bed rest, quarantine, or any other situation that keeps you from leaving your home, you still have access to an entirely different culture just by reaching into your pocket. If you take on the challenge, you'll not only decrease your boredom, but enjoy a host of benefits that come from learning a second language, like improved memory, creativity, and even brain size. Number three, hunt ghosts. If you can't leave your house, but are looking for something a little more whimsical than learning a new language, you can always spend the evening hunting ghosts. A few weeks ago, I found my daughter Jordan wandering from one room to the next, staring intently at her phone screen. I peeked over her shoulder as she opened the door to the guest room and pointed her phone inside. The screen showed the phone's view of the house, but tinted green. A human figure, stooped, black, and utterly creepy, floated in the center. Jordan was using an app called Ghost Detector Radar. Wander around long enough and you'll find a ghost, or two, or three, wandering around as well. You can even ask the ghosts questions and get a feel for just how good or evil your personal specter may be. The app doesn't claim to take actual readings of supernatural activity, like you might see from ghost hunters on TV, though there's apps for that too. But even though I knew I was looking at a made-up spirit, it was still spooky enough to get me double-taking into the actual guest room. If your stretch of boring weekends is getting a little too long and you have a taste for the ghoulish, you could really run away with this one. Hunting ghosts could be as simple as going solo around your house, opening doors and looking for spirits, or you could invite some friends, make some snacks, swap spooky stories, then see which ghost hunting team can spot the most specters. Four, ask what your library has that's not a book. If the only thing you've used your library for is books, you're probably missing out. The length that many libraries go to to assist their communities is incredible. I'm not just talking about loaning an hour on their computers either. You may be surprised to find that most libraries team up with other companies, or with each other, to expand your world more than a selection of books ever could. And that's really saying something. My current library offers no-cost membership to an online learning service. Thanks to them, I have free access to hundreds of online classes that teach anything from mathematics to landscaping to candle making. This library also rents out items like yoga kits, board games, air fryers, and play kits for the kids. 
I've had a library that offers a free Rosetta Stone subscription to each of their cardholders. And of course, there's the in-person workshops that many libraries host, where special guests are invited to help patrons learn special things like cooking, language, gardening, budgeting, etc. Number five, calculate your lifespan. If you're looking for something both fun and constructive to help you pass the time, you'd be surprised how much you can entertain yourself with a lifespan calculator. Whether you'd just like to toy with your own curiosity, compete with friends to see who will live the longest, or set some serious health goals, a lifespan calculator is a simple way to gauge your longevity based on lifestyle choices. Livingto100.com is my favorite one. What it lacks in visual appeal, it makes up for incredibility, with a thorough questionnaire that appears well-backed by research. However, if you're looking for something a little more brief, BlueprintIncome.com offers a much prettier, simpler test that is comparable to the first. Both quizzes give some suggestions on how to add years to your life based off of your answers. I scored 97 years in both quizzes, and Living to 100 gave some tips on how I could live quite a few years more. However, the accuracy of these tests is debatable. Newwriter.com states, All of the above calculators are based on real data. However, it is important to state again that these calculators are not 100% accurate. They use averages and historical data to make projections. But remember, you are completely unique, and there is no predicting the future. No test can claim to guarantee when your last year will be, but they can offer some solid advice on how to make that final year further and further away. Maybe a test like this could keep you entertained for 15 minutes. Or perhaps it could keep you occupied with self-improvement for the rest of your long life. That's it for today. We hope you leave feeling a little less bored with boredom. Please join us for the Silverliners Challenge, which is designed to be an easy, actionable step to help boost your week and help you survive hell. Here it is. The next time you face a moment of boredom, like standing in line, waiting in traffic, etc., refrain from looking for entertainment. Instead, grab the opportunity to be bored. You may learn a thing or two about yourself. Feel free to share your experiences in the comments of our website, www.survivorsguidetohell.com, or on our Facebook page. This is a podcast version of our sister production, A Survivor's Guide to Hell, the blog. This podcast gives you a way to access our content when you're driving, cleaning house, or hunting for the ghost of your great-great-great-great-grandfather. But if you'd like to see the videos and pictures that often accompany our posts, like Veritasium's full video, check out our website at www.survivorsguidetohell.com, where you'll also find much more information, including our storytelling code of ethics. We're always looking for cool new stories, and if you have something to share, please visit our site and drop us a line. Remember, if you liked this episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. If you like Survivor's Guide to Hell, there are so many ways to help support us that don't cost you a dime. Just listening is a huge benefit to our production, and sharing and subscribing are some of the best things you can do to show your support. For more ideas, please visit the support page of our website. Without further ado, our cheesy joke of the week. When I get bored, I like to call in sick to places I don't work. Today, I'm getting written up at Kohl's. Thank you, everybody, and have an excellent Monday. Oh, and a little shout out to all of you men and women who are just getting up to a difficult Monday back at work. Thanks for doing that for your families. That means you, boo-boo. <laughs>